one thing that people really like is stuff that they can see themselves in. And so I was posting a lot of stuff that was really relatable to people at the time. And it was all about like, it was all really motivational. It was like, I added a, a calendar event to my, um, to my iPhone calendar for like a year from that, from like November 9th or whatever to stay outraged because I was like, I'm so afraid I'm going to lose this anger and this rage. And that really resonated with people. So like people were sharing it. And then I was like, you know, I should just do this. And I made a platform. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you're all doing fantastic. Today, I am chatting with the founder of the feminist meme page, Girl Power Supply, the one and only Jen Winston. I am sure that you have all stumbled upon this page at one point or another because there's some amazing content on there. But the story behind how it all started is an important one to know. So I'm really glad that we get into it here. Our conversation went into a few different directions as we covered the ins and outs of what it takes to actually run a prominent Instagram platform, what people like to engage with online, life in New York City, how Jen embraces learning publicly, and so, so, so much more. But before we get into that, I want to jump into shouting out S. Flower, who left a review for the show saying... Not only because Kat herself is a strong-willed, hard-working Latina making her dreams a reality, but it is so admirable that she uses her words and this platform to interview people from all spectrums and share their story and inspiration too. Kat is that friend I can tune into whenever I feel like I'm the only one struggling. I'm not. Everything isn't always shiny and that is okay, but you can still do your best and thrive. This show is a great representation of that. I love the show. Keep going, Kat. Thank you so much for your super kind words. I appreciate you so, so much and... I really feel blessed to know that my work is resonating with you. For those of you who haven't yet left a review, please go show me some love. I read every single one of them, and I would love to shout you out in an upcoming episode. As always, if there's anything shared that you think that somebody you love can truly benefit from, press that share button and spread the wisdom. Without any further delay, here is my chat with Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi. I've never sung. Oh my like God. Yeah, you're, you're an amazing singer. <laughs> I did not know that about you. Just kind of slipped out. You know, that's how excited I am. Hey, well, Jen. Hey. I haven't seen you since the summer. I know. It's honestly, it's so great to see you. It's good to see you. And too. it was great to just catch up for a bit. I know. This week we've just had so much to talk about. And I've obviously been following everything that you do because you do amazing work. Oh. And I, follow I was you. telling, <laughs> and I was telling you how um, I was living vicariously through you during your vacation to Mexico yes. with your friends, and how amazing all of your friends are. Oh, I'll uh, let them know. Yes, please. <laughs> they share are the great. Sh- the please share <laughs> they this don't... episode with them, and they will hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really, really happy to catch up with you and see that you're doing really well, and Thanks. you're just like out here trying to balance all of the things and do all of the things. Yeah, balancing all the things is like the title of everyone's memoir in new york it's like this is so real yeah it really is so when did you move to new york because if 
I'm not mistaken, did you grow up in Indiana? Yes. Wow. Like, yeah, I would have accepted any state in the Midwest. (laughs) But um, yeah, I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a college town. Um, And I went to college in L.A. And then I lived there for two years after college. And then I moved to New York. And so I've been here since, I think, 2014? Mm -hmm. No, maybe 2013. Um, yes. So about six years, coming up on six years in September. And how do you feel about the city? Do you love it? Absolutely love it? Or are you torn? Are you going to stay? Are you going to leave? That's such a hard question. Honestly, I was just, I was listening to, um, Emilia on your podcast Mm -hmm. and she was talking about summer in New York and I was like, oh, I love New York in the summer. And it Mm -hmm. just gave me a little bit of hope. So I think it fluctuates. Like New York in the summer is just a different place it's so nice i like i was talking to someone today about like going to dance parties in the summer Mm -hmm. and it's just the best yeah those like just having those like rooftop parties and just like wearing tank tops and sunglasses and drinking and like sunsets and yeah and there's like nothing like that in anywhere else like even in la it's like warm all year but it's not like hot at night you know Mm. and then you get these like hot nights in new york and it's like the setting of every movie ever it's just great and it's also because like we know what it's like to not have it so it's like we're gonna yes do exactly it all. yeah i'm not going to sleep tonight <laughs> exactly it <laughs> like know? makes you want it makes you appreciate it yeah it really does but i also feel like and i don't know if this is just like you know capitalism and productivity getting to me where i just feel like i have to be working all the time where in the summer i oh, don't yes. feel like i work and yes. it kind of gets to a point where it's like okay enough of fun you need to sit down and work and it just can't really happen Yes, I completely, especially during, in the summer. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking, like, even as we're having this conversation, I was like, oh, shit, I got to work on that book proposal before summer because I'm not going to want to do it during summer. So otherwise, it'll be September and then (laughs) next year. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there's, like, always this, like, long agenda in everyone in New York's heads. Like, we just, we, and, and. Yeah, I'm blaming that on New York, but it's definitely in capitalism. Like, that's definitely the problem. But, but somewhere we, like, somewhere along the line, it's just something that we adopt. Like, I moved here a year and a half ago, and I was, before I moved here, I was oh, in Miami, it. and it was like, yeah. everything's mad chill, and everything's slow, and yeah. everybody just gets to, gets around to it when they get around to it. And then I move here, I haven't even been here for two years, and I'm like, what's the deal? Where are the things? And I'm like, when did I learn to start thinking this way? Yeah, it, you, it just happens. Right? I don't know, because it's like yeah you just it's so it's theoretically so easy to get everywhere and to do everything so you become this like optimist yeah. yes and i read somewhere that people who are always late which i'm always late i, I was late tonight look <laughs> at that <laughs> um but people who are always late are, are actually optimists because they think they can do more in the amount of time mm-hmm. and i completely like i was i read that i was like that is my problem yes mm-hmm. i am too hopeful <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like everything's just like a 20-minute train ride or 30 minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say yes to everything. Yeah, and then the L is closed or whatnot. It happened to me on Sunday. I was like, okay. And I was 20 minutes late, (laughs) as usual. (laughs) Well, I want to get into a bit about just, you know, your roots and like who you are. So that everybody that follows you know, your work can really start to feel like they know you, the person behind all of this content. So I want to just know whether you remember what you were like as a kid and what your personality was like as a Mm. child. Oh my God. I love that you ask these questions because I do think 
um, I do think that this is not something that like a lot of creators share is mm-hmm. like about who they were um, or or their past lives or their double lives currently yeah. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I grew up um, grew up in Indiana, um, nice Midwestern girl. Um, I was always my mom always says I was very creative, but I I think maybe that was just relative to her and my dad who are both math professors so like sure uh, my mom teaches accounting and my dad teaches like informatics or something um Whoa, and what is that? yeah I don't know still <laughs> I think it has something to do with excel <laughs> um but yeah I, I was always like drawing and writing um and I always wanted actually to be a writer um but because my parents were business professors it never felt like I could do like something creative purely and I look back on that and now living in New York where so many people are creative professionals who hustle with this like business mindset that you need for anything you do I'm like wow I really should have just chased whatever I wanted like I also used to love to draw and then I was like oh there's no career in this I should not like I should not do this I used to draw comics like all the time that's so and cool. they were not good. I, I never refined that side of myself, but it was fun. It was more about storytelling, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but now I, I realize so many people are animators. And like almost every job I work on, I'm like, oh, my God, we need an animator. We need some. We need an illustrator. Like we need someone who can do that, has that specific skill. And it's yeah. like there is a huge market for whatever creative job you want. Yeah. Um, so yeah. is it something that you feel like you like is you know embracing creativity as a full-time job or something that is serious something that you learned once you got out of Indiana um well yeah so I I realized in growing up that I wanted to be the person who wrote commercials mm. which is like really weird to realize and a lot of people don't even know that's a job and um, most people who have that job are really suspicious of people who actually wanted that job because it's almost like something you fall into. Yeah. Uh, but I, I knew I wanted to do it because I always liked I liked being surprised by cool things in weird places. So I would like read the back of shampoo bottles and be like, oh, my God, that is funny. Like, who wrote that? Yep. And it, then I'd be like, I love this brand because they have this thing. And um, that's sort of how I, like, fell in love with, I guess, marketing. Because <laughs> uh, I do love marketing. But I um, – so I went to school for advertising, um, was just really obsessed with the internet, kept – working on the advertising stuff related to the internet after college so I got an internship at an ad agency as a copywriting intern um, and was always doing the social media stuff I used to write Facebook posts for Honda and that was like really fun not (laughs) sorry to my former (laughs) former co-workers I love you guys but um then when I moved to New York I really wanted to work at BuzzFeed because I was like that's where the internet lives and like that's where everything is so I I eventually got a job there like I was so set on it I reached out to like a friend of a friend through Facebook and somehow he agreed to get a drink with me I think it's because I had a like very relevant experience and Mm -hmm. he probably got hit up a lot by people who didn't yeah um and then he referred me and I got I was so passionate and I got the job and so I worked at BuzzFeed for like two years and that's where I learned 
um, almost everything I know about content and what mm. makes content share. And it was so fascinating. And it's been like really devastating to watch so many people get laid off from there like the past few weeks. Yeah. Like talented, amazing people. If you're hiring, you should hire somebody from BuzzFeed because mm-hmm. they're all really great and have so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I that it was it was growing fast and growing in weird ways. So I went back into advertising and um all of this while I was running my meme Instagram on the side, which is probably the more interesting thing about me. I don't even think my my followers, most of them, like know um, that I work in advertising. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really, you know, let's talk about it because you know meme Instagrams were like or still are just this thing that lives online. Nobody knows that somebody has to make yeah. it you know and somebody has to think about it we just consume it and it's just like share it so and everything all the true. things and so that's what you are the person yeah, that makes the memes so that true. we all post and share and laugh about yeah what the hell <laughs> like how did you find yourself in a position where you're just like no no no, i'm gonna make them yeah well i mean i don't make everything but i do find them mm-hmm. and i've always been like really good at finding stuff on the internet like that since the days of stumble upon if you remember that yeah yeah Yeah. the best oh my god um i i've always been like really good at at that and i loved um i loved tumblr when i was like in college and i was like aggregating all the stuff i saw um but wait sorry what was the question was it how do i yeah like about how did you find yourself in a position where like you were just curating memes yeah i mean okay well so trump got elected and then i was like wow i have all these memes saved to my saved to my phone like all these amazing protest signs that i think would help people understand why this is so bad and i was also just furious like i Mm -hmm. think so many of us were i didn't know how to turn that make that energy productive but i needed to like whatever the internet version of crying is so I just I just was posting and posting on my personal account and then I was like this isn't it I'm not gonna keep this up here this is like I'm I'm fragmenting my personal brand and so I started another one and the handle girl power supply just kind of came to me and I was like that's pretty good let's go with that yeah it was that never happens to me either I'm so bad at naming stuff like people are I'm, I'm a good writer but I'm not good at at coming up with the the name of the thing and it's like such a specific skill and that time it worked which is how I feel like it was fate like yes it was that was a big moment wow so I mean did you grow up in a house where politics were talked about openly like were you always politically active or was this something that you kind of entered post 2016 that is very funny um because I know I was not um I am a white woman from, as we've said, like Bloomington, Indiana, um, from like an upper middle class family. I never really had any like reason to be political or to have to care, um, which obviously is is a manifestation of my privilege in like many capacities. But I was always like this I was always a bit different and I ran with this group of girls and we were all like really into sex mm-hmm. um and we were always like we want to get really good at sex because like that'll make us powerful and that'll make us cool and like th- like it was always definitely like some weird twisted like 
through the male gaze shit, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. see now. Yeah. Um, but at the time, we were like, we want to conquer it, and we want to like own our bodies. Mm-hmm. But we also thought the word feminist was like a dirty word. Mm-hmm. We we were like, oh, like that girl's a feminist. She doesn't shave her armpits. Like so cliche, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then I went to college, and in college, I I worked on. I don't think I did anything else, like actually political until Obama ran for president Mm -hmm. and that was such like a movement beyond politics that I was like I'm got it it was like a pop culture moment and I love pop culture so much um and so I was like I gotta get in on this and I didn't really know I I didn't know much about politics at all but I worked on the students for Barack Obama Mm -hmm. campaign and I remember telling this guy on the on the like founding committee, I was like, Adam, I'm really nervous because I don't really know much about about politics. And he was like, that's exactly why we want you here, because you represent a different side of this. And that that really, really stuck with me um, because it, it not that you should be uneducated and do this work, um, but you can have a lot of power when you are coming at it from a place that a lot of people in the mainstream co- come from and understand. Yeah. Um, Which and, is like, you don't have all the answers, but like you just want to know and yeah. figure out what's going to be the best option. Yes, exactly. Like you're going to live and and unlearn this stuff at the same time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then I feel like that's that's kind of the same approach that, I bring to girl power supplies like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing it (laughs) well it's really interesting because it's like yo so many people were pissed after you know he got elected like I remember being in Miami and you know just the next day being at work feeling like like something terrible had just been dropped on our country because it literally had it, it literally happened but the difference between you know me or you know the people that I was like arguing and talking to and you is like you just you started a platform that like gave representation to people who felt like I did. I didn't do that for other people. I was just pissed and like held it in. Whereas you yeah. were more external. Like what was that process like for you to be like, no, no, I just want to put it out into the world. Well, that I have been really fortunate and I have not dealt with grief like a lot. And that was like a I was shocked at how much that affected me. Mm-hmm. Like I and I, I think it had to do with like I had been the in the years right prior to that I was learning I was learning about feminism I was under I was I had relearned what the word meant and yeah. I was like oh it doesn't mean I hate men like <laughs> I shave my armpits I can still be a feminist yeah uh, but also like why am I shaving my armpits <laughs> like maybe I should stop um, but I was starting to learn all that in like a very high level sense like at that point I was a huge Hillary supporter Mm -hmm. and like now am not really Mm -hmm. like now I'm like okay wow I like see why she lost the election for other reasons um but yeah at that time I was like so so about that and then I, I wasn't really talking to any of my male friends about this and I was friends with so many like I I run with a an extraordinary amount of gay men mm-hmm. like those are the those are my primary um friends and um um yeah I wasn't talking to any of them about it and um it just when it when it happened I was like oh well this was like this was like 
sexism i didn't even know about the racism element yet i hadn't like learned and people were like no it's just like uh, it's it's like the wealth or it's they want jobs and you know all the shit that has been proven wrong and like it was it was obviously so many things but um and at the time i thought he was the whole problem like i thought it was trump was like an isolated incident of the problem which obviously is not true also um but i i had never like grieved something before and i the way that i express all my emotions is so outwardly like i am an extrovert to the nth degree and i just like (laughs) talk about everything yeah yeah so everything that i'm feeling i always like talk about it so much to everybody um like every time i go through a breakup i like tell like the like random person in my office i'm like this was the details of it and this is why this happened and it's not fair and we had makeup sex and i don't know and they're like what but i i like am a huge huge oversharer just generally and so um yeah the it i was posting so much on my personal handle which is at generous you can follow it if you want i love um, how you actually <laughs> are wearing it around your neck as well i know i have a necklace with it on it which is it. is my trademark but um yeah, I love I love it. But I told you I love the internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I, po- I was posting all this stuff on Generous and it was getting like a lot of likes. And I was trained kind of by the BuzzFeed mythology or the methodology. Um, Let us into it. What are give <laughs> oh, us the tea? I can give you the tea. I mean, it's really just thinking about what people um, like letting the data lead you. Like if people like something, figure out why they like it. And do more of it. One thing that people really like is stuff that they can see themselves in. And so I was posting a lot of stuff that was really relatable to people at the time. And it was all about like, it was all really motivational. It was like, I added a, a calendar event to my um, to my iPhone calendar for like a year from that, from like November 9th or whatever, to stay outraged. Because I was like, I'm so afraid I'm going to lose this anger and this rage. And that really resonated with people. So, like, people were sharing it. And then I was like, you know, I should just do this. And I made a platform. But I do want to say, I don't think you have to have made a platform, like an external platform, in order to, like, have done something that, like, could change the world. Like, even if you just were focusing on yourself and, like, being comfortable with, like, with yourself in this america like that is work man like that's work yeah that's a that's a fair point to make especially (laughs) for people especially for people of color who were like oh i'm actually just afraid to be here now and obviously everybody experienced all of this information in a different way like i know my family my dad was immediately like oh like we all need to get our um passports we need to make sure that everybody's okay everybody can leave the country we literally thought like oh okay we're gonna have to move to dominican republic like, my dad was convinced that Ugh. he was not going to be able to stay here. That's literally yeah. where our house was the next day. Oh, my God. So, I mean. Well, then why? Like, of course, you don't need to be, like, making a platform, <laughs> you know? Like, like I'm out here, like, posting memes. And it's, like, an extraordinary amount of privilege to have the time to post those memes. Because, mm-hmm. like, it takes a lot of time and I don't make money from it, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I made a bit, but not nearly i actually haven't even recouped the like initial investment from some of i tried a store for a while and that was like a flop but um but yeah but but there's like uh blair imani who's an amazing activist who you should also follow um has 
I think she has a quote that's like, um, you are a walking revolution. Yes. And yeah. it's like so true. So true. Like in times like that, like, like your existence is enough, you know? Yeah. 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 That's how a lot of people felt. But I mean, I yeah. Really, but even people who were kind of feeling very afraid and, you know, uncertain of what was going to happen, which I definitely felt within my family, like, I look to pages like yours or like platforms where like things that, you know, just like visual reminders that I wasn't the only person that was pissed off. Although I have to say, I did find myself at this like crossroads of like, I was just angry all the time. Yeah. All I was just angry all the time and I just wanted people to be pissed. And like, I kind of had to take a step back and be like, okay, like am I, what am I actually doing though? Because like, I, I'm not even thinking about how we can be better, like how we can feel better. I just want everybody to be pissed all the time. And, like, then I realized, like, this is also, like, very damaging where you're just, like, mad at the world all the time. Yeah. So it's this weird, you know, intersection of, like, you want to be mad and outraged and also, like, try to f- take care of yourself and yeah. you know, show love to the people who are also trying to struggle with, like, existing and all that stuff. So, like, this whole yeah. era of, like, you know, post-Trump is just, like, really, I think, I've gotten all of us to think about things in a more nuanced way totally you know and it's so hard to like like i think about um uh patrice colors and like the founders of black lives matter and how they are able to just like pursue this like this incredible movement and run it ruthlessly like in the face of such horror and like they are unwavering it's like it's and I'm sure they're angry every day. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how they do it. Like it's, there's like a, a point when your anger becomes like logical. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's it's admirable, but it's also just like so unfair that yeah. that even has to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, throughout your time, you know, running GPS, Girl Power Supply, um, what are some of, the biggest lessons that you've learned about community? Oh, great question. Um, Well, honestly, one of the most incredible communities that I discovered through this account, like that's not to say that I discovered them, but like I had not interacted with this community at all in my life before. And um, I was, I was so, I learned so much from these people and I like can't wait to do more work with them is the intersex community. And I actually didn't even know what intersex was or is. Um, and it's basically if you're born with a, with um, not necessarily like either male genitalia or female genitalia, it's like a combination of the, of the two in some capacity. So I met like, um, I met all these people who had a different makeup of chromosomes and um, and I went to a protest and that and I was late to the protest so I like ended up going with everyone to McDonald's afterwards and I like met all these incredible people um, like you should follow Miss Emma Lord M I S S E M I L O R D um, she just did an incredible TED talk about her experience growing up intersex and. It's like, it's just such a, a community that we don't know anything about, but 2% of people are intersex, which is the same as, same amount as uh, redheads. Like, that's the same, that's like 
a huge portion of the population yeah. and a lot of people don't even know that they're intersex and they find out like very late in life really so yeah it's and and people are still doing operations the protest was was uh to protest a hospital that's still doing um like genital um basically genital mutilation is what it is mm-hmm. um but it's it's like uh i forget the actual name of the operation uh-huh. but it's like reassigning someone to be in the gen in the sex organ binary of male or female and the reason for that is because you um will like theoretically you will incur psychological damage throughout your life but the only reason you'll incur psychological damage is because we inflict it on you so it's like a really like it's it's just awful wow yeah i didn't even yeah i see i'd never even heard of that first of all that surgery and the fact that like yeah there are way more people living that you know reality that i have had zero interaction with and yeah um, so i'm sure like you know like having a platform that lends you know its position to people that are marginalized and don't have the chance to speak out puts you in a position of like learning a lot yeah you know so i mean what is what is your approach to to learning because you know when we were talking about this earlier it's like when when it's when you say that it's time to be inclusive it's like that means it's time to be inclusive which means like even if you don't fully understand what that is yeah like it's time to like learn about it so how do you what's your approach to that Mm, that's a great question um well i would say i like do something wrong like twice a week (laughs) and i just have to either fix it or fix it and apologize Mm -hmm. or if I don't understand why it's wrong yet, I have to do some research. Yeah. And like this just like comes with the territory. Like I yeah. don't get to have like a, a prominent platform and not correct myself on yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but like the what we were just talking about was I just posted a meme um, that was basically making fun of the way that um, I don't know how how not you, safe for work. Can I get on yo, your you podcast? Super not, <laughs> not safe for work. OK, not safe for podcast. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a meme about like. Um, making fun of the fact that people always say that like, oh, her vagina is loose. It's because she's like slept with so many. If she slept with so many people, her vagina is loose. Mm -hmm. And the meme was making fun of that by by applying that to penises. And um, the meme like equated penises as being something that a man has. But um, Erica Hart, who's an incredible activist who I learned so much from every day, uh, shared it and um, posted that a reminder that a penis does not necessarily belong to a man. And like I didn't make that meme. Um, I didn't I didn't write that and I would have chosen the language differently and I should have noticed that detail. Um, But in my caption, I also like mentioned like I also equated penis with a man so I was like oh my gosh thank you for letting me know I shared her story and then I updated my post and it took me two minutes and Mm -hmm. it's really like not that hard Mm -hmm. once you stop being like oh how is my ego gonna recover from this Mm -hmm. like it's like really not that hard Mm -hmm. yeah like what is I, I think that that's also one of the things that I think a lot of people are afraid of with speaking out about issues period where they feel like well if I don't do it the right way or if I'm not perfect, then, you know, like cancel culture is real and like, you know, people are going to make fun of me or people are going to think I'm a bad person or that I hate people or I'm a bigot, you know, how do you navigate that territory when, you know, there are a lot of people who obviously say it with like the intention of like, Hey, just trying to let you know, like this is a little problematic. And then there's other people who would just want you to like be off. Period. What is that? What is, what does it feel like to live in that reality? Oh my God. 
that's a great question because I'm like I have a lot of thoughts on cancel culture mm-hmm. and I really I really hate it like mm-hmm. I think it's not productive mm-hmm. um I remember right when all the me too stuff was like hitting one of my friends was like she was like I don't really believe in the prison I don't believe in the prison system at all I don't think it works as a rehabilitation thing mm-hmm. and I don't think you should send people off to an island but with these men, I like want to send them off to an island. And I just want to like, how do I reconcile that? And we were like, what do we do with them? Like, what do we do with these these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think there's not enough done about like about teaching people how to apologize. And the fact that your apology is like your first step before you start doing the work like that's what it is and so i'm i'm here for changing cancel culture to accountability culture where we're and it kind of worked with lady gaga a little bit her apology is still like centered herself but when she was working with r kelly um and and wasn't coming out against that and refused to be in the documentary um oh, she was asked to be in the documentary yeah she was a lot of people refused and i think I don't I don't know the details of yeah. like how that stuff works yeah. but she hadn't she hadn't done enough to be like I'm on the side of these sexual assault survivors right. um even though she's like obviously very much out there yeah. about that yeah. um but there was a huge uproar on the internet about it and um she apologized and I do think her apology was not great like I think we should have been like okay but your apology centers yourself like I wish we could take her to the next level but i think that like it shows when 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 we get people to apologize and you can tell that they mean it like it is so amazing because you're like you're learning in public and we can learn too and like so i try to show people that you can mess up um because it's really important yeah 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 and that's true it's that's the way it should be that's really the way that it should be and i i've found myself in a place where like I remember Sabrina Claudio, like this like teenager who I think she's like in her twenties now, but like it's this like sultry R and B singer, or whatever, um, like white passing Latina, like said something about black girls, and like when she was like fourteen or fifteen on, and somebody like found it and dug it up online, and um, she came out and she apologized and stuff, but I was like, no, she is canceled forever, yeah, and I was like, fuck, I, I mean, like, I really like her music, <laughs> but also like fuck her, like she should have known better, and I was like wait, is this going to help her, like, not do this in the future by just canceling her? Or should we just be like, yo, like, let's just teach you, like, this is why this was wrong. Know for sure that she understands that this is problematic behavior. You can't move forward doing that and just move on. Yeah. I mean, in in some ways, cancel culture, like, is a way of teaching people. Mm Because it's like, if we stop buying your albums, like, Ariana Grande, for example, like, breaks my fucking heart how problematic she is because I really like her music but I can't listen to it anymore because all I think about is how problematic she is and so it's like I like if if I mean that that's kind of my version of cancel culture like Drake man like I love Drake and then he's out here being creepy as shit I know I know yeah he's like on the radar like yo what yeah he's he's not like we can't fully and unabashedly support drake anymore yeah. which like do we have nothing <laughs> like <laughs> can you give us nothing yeah it's, but it's crazy yeah it's crazy um and i mean i think that's just part of the digital age right it's just like walking that thin line of like now you can't just get away with shit 
people like can see what you're doing like it's out in the world now we can just see you and call you out on it and then you know it just depends on what you do after that like are you gonna just keep being the per the problematic person that has these behaviors that are absolutely toxic just be unapologetic about it cool then we're not gonna fuck with you anymore yeah or are you gonna be like all right i'm stepping forward and i know i know better now yeah there was honestly there was this family um i think it was the bucket list family i don't um they're like a travel blog family where they like i don't know um but i don't normally like call people out for doing bad stuff like i i will sometimes be like i hold you accountable especially if you're a white woman like that is the place that i can be like i hold you accountable and i'm staying in my lane but then um but this family a bunch of my followers had they have like a ton of followers and a bunch of my followers uh dm me and were like these this family is like uh culturally appropriating native american costumes like can you call them out and i had heard of them so i was like oh okay i i will so i like called them out and then I watched my story, like, again, because, like, who doesn't watch their own stories? And then, <laughs> and I watched it again, and I was like, wait, why is their, their handle not linked? And then I realized they blocked me. And I heard this from so many, and then I, like, got mad. I was like, why did they block me? And then I, like, did all these stories. I was like, go tell the bucket list family that this is not okay. I got so mad. Because they, I mean, they were fucking up. And I had said it in a very, like, kind way. Yeah. I, like, tend to call people out in a, in, like, like if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna try bring to educate my, them. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna bring like my most articulate self yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, but then um, people eventually enough people eventually called them out that they I I'm still blocked, but <laughs> they released an apology and like a huge apology, and they were like, "We are working with these like Native American." people who have reached out to us and offered to help and we are paying them for their services and we are learning and we are like beginning to understand like the history that makes stuff like this not okay yeah and it was like so incredible because like not not that like they deserve any praise really but like i mean they're not like they're not a woke a quote-unquote woke platform they're Mm -hmm. like a travel family Mm -hmm. so like that just literally goes around the world like checking off their bucket list so like to to break to enter that space like that's when it's shit's like truly radical you know yeah yeah, for real and yeah it's like the everyday people that like make up society who stay away from that because like there's like a a lot of people are just like well like i don't really want to deal with it or no like i just want to stay the same right yeah and then once you break through that once you break through those people and make them realize you can't just take that disposition in life then it starts to feel like okay we're kind of moving the needle forward you know and Um, it goes back to actually that like finding the shampoo bottle in the bathroom and like if that shampoo bottle said like hey don't be racist I like would have known about that shit way earlier you know so like you can like break in through these like weird spaces that are unexpected like I think that's people talk a lot about representation obviously and like representation isn't the the key or it's not the whole story um it's it doesn't mean nothing but it's definitely not enough um but it is a great way to like it's a great like door opener and it's wild how much of that we still have left to do like yeah yeah. well also you know i want to get into like going back to you know your work i want to know what it takes to actually run a social media platform or just like you know kind of uphold what you started because 
you know, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, cool, like a meme page. And that's all. That's all it is. But <laughs> there's more to yeah. that because somebody has to curate this. Like, what is what does a typical day look like for you oh, running that's GPS? A, that's a good question. Um, well, um, OK, so my like form of self-care is I love to work out. And mm-hmm. so I like wake up. I work out. I have to work out before work. Um, on the way to the subway, I typically like figure out what I'm going to post first. Um, and I either post it or I like get it ready. I figure out like my perspective or if I don't know if there's a current event going on and I don't know, I listen to the daily to like figure out, um, like what's going on. Um, then I go to the gym, then I, uh, leave the gym and if I haven't posted I post it on the walk to work wow. I like almost get hit by a car every single day uh, and then um, I like I go to work and I'm pretty much in meetings like all day and so if I ever like run to the elevator or run to the bathroom I like dig on Twitter like I literally do it at every spare moment that I have and then I get home from work and I lay on the couch and I watch TV and I like look at memes. And at this point, I've curated my feed so that it's like, at least on Girl Power Supply, it is like if if I open my feed in front of a random person on Girl Power Supply, it's always like guaranteed like someone that's like like my pussy, my rights, like <laughs> right. Well, not that because that's kind of like white feminist old, but but like something something radical, like always at the front and everyone's like everyone in the room or the crowded elevators like what is she looking at uh but then yeah so then I find something and I and I find stuff like that and to curate the takeovers that I do so sometimes I let people take over my stories um and I pay them like a small amount it's like not much but um oh my god I would love to have you do a takeover by the way um okay we can talk but um (laughs) um yeah, and it's basically like a TED Talk on my story um, about a certain topic. But those take a long time to coordinate because it's really hard to, like, make stuff in and upload it to Instagram. Like, it's a limiting – it's not made for, like, this level of work. Yeah. So um, it's it's – that takes a lot of time. So basically your whole day, every, all of your free yeah. time is yes. into this. So it's like <laughs> – it's not just like, oh, like she just finds something and then she just like, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent of my time. And usually like more than that, because I don't sleep very much. You see, I think like this is, you know, everybody these days, like they're just like, oh, I'm just going to start a, you know, a meme page or I'm oh, just going to yeah. start a YouTube channel. It's just going to be like, I'm just going to make millions of dollars. It's going to be easy. Yeah. No, no. It's not just that easy. Not at all. And also it's like it's it, at this point, it's almost three or it's like uh, almost two and a half years of curating content based on what people like what they don't like i post i've posted different things about the same topic seen what resonates better understood that's like the way i have to talk to people and i get people who like talk to me and they're like the algorithm has shadow banned me some like the algorithm is is like getting me cutting me out and it's like that's not i i don't think that's a thing like Mm -hmm. like it's it's a thing if people aren't liking your content, but then you got to figure out how to adjust your content. Um, and you can always do that. Like I've been in points when I'm getting low likes and I, and I, this all sounds so stupid to be well, talking no, about. Well, no, this is actually really interesting because yeah. you actually know the back end. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yes. I don't well, know but none, this. but none of this, none of this is like proprietary. Like <laughs> all this is stuff I've learned on my, my side. 
um, like every, literally everything I know about about um, Facebook and Instagram is like just through this mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. for like the record I work there as my day job but <laughs> but I literally I always everything I know about organic content is mm-hmm. I work on the paid side and it's completely different yeah. and I don't know anything about organic mm-hmm. um, but but I do know because I have learned it Trial personally and yeah and, it, and that's what it is it's it's test and learn and that is what that's probably the same advice that like Facebook corporate would give people is like test and learn yeah so I mean what would you say to somebody who wants to do something like start their own version of girl power supply or for whatever cause or for whatever they care about but don't really feel like they're gonna make a difference um well I will say you will make a difference um stick with it and it is part of my my actual day job to like advise people on this. So I love I do love this question. I just got to for work. I just got to go uh, talk to a bunch of female small business owners in Atlanta and teach them how to use Instagram stories. And it was like so in- uh, incredible. It, fun. it was great. It was so fun. Um, but yeah, so I would recommend you pick um, what your digital brand is going to look like. Like even if you're. Um, even if your like offline brand is something like, I don't know, say you sell plants or like say you run a business, but you want to have like a digital platform, you need to think about why people would want to consume that content. Like cut through the bullshit with yourself and be like, is this a legitimate piece of content that I would want to share? Like, does this look good to me? Um, and the only way that you're ever going to grow your platform really is if you have stuff that's worth sharing or if you do something that's worth talking about. So every piece of content that I create, I'm like, how would someone share this in their story? Like, oh, here's a fun little hack yes. that I learned. Um, again, not through my office, <laughs> like through my like tireless <laughs> uploading of memes. So whenever you have a post that is um, on a white background, mm-hmm. like a like a meme that you've screenshotted from like from Twitter or a text or something, um, if someone shares that to their story, it will populate the background of the story with the color white because that's like the color of the background of the image. But it also puts your handle in the color white because that's the default, so people won't see your handle. So that's why you see a. I mean that might not be why a lot of other meme admins put their um, put their memes in color like mm-hmm. color boxes, but that's why I do it mm. because I want people to see that this meme was from Girl Power Supply, and I feel like that name communicates enough that you're gonna want to come see me. Yes. So yeah, that was something I've learned. I learned recently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's like you know within my community of. Of content creator friends, a lot of times we just say, like, well, the algorithm is just shutting us out. Yeah. Like, that's the easiest thing to say, right? Sorry. It's like, <laughs> no, like, this just this is not it. But then it's also like, well, I've also recently taken the approach of, well, I just need to do more things. So I'm yeah. realizing people just love memes. Like, sometimes they don't want to see my face. Yeah. They just want a meme that's relatable. And then it gets a thousand likes and yeah. that's just what people want to share. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't always have to be it's also, Then you don't have to go on a big photo shoot exactly. and like do all the like shit. Yeah. Um, and it also helps like clearly establish visually your brand for when the only reason to really think about your grid is like, why is somebody like when someone looks at this, how would they describe my page and the content I make and why would they follow it? Yeah. 
And sometimes memes help you do that. Yep. I agree. But yeah, it's fun. When I post my face on Girl Power Supply, I like lose followers. (laughs) And I'm like, bye. You can you can leave. (laughs) It's like so. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm just not going to check it for a day. (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) Not going to take it personal. Yeah. That's very hard to not take. It is hard. It's hard. But I'm like, I know you're here for the memes. Fine. Like. I'll just give you what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's true though. Because like, if you're like, oh cool, I'm following a feminist meme account. You don't want like the person. (laughs) Like I have a personal and it's like clear what that is. Yeah. Oh my God. The, I'll tell you what I did take personally is I like tagged my personal in a, um, in the story. And I was like, I'm taking the weekend off. You can follow me on generous if you want. And I saw it got like, 11 it got so many clicks oh my god it got like that handle and i got like 20 followers it got like thousands of clicks and only 20 of those people came to my page and decided that oh yeah this is worth sticking around for but i get it because it's completely different like the audience is completely different yeah so Oh man! Yeah, super, <laughs> super interesting. This is actually really well. I mean, maybe it's just because like I need to know these things. No, I think everybody just, does. Honestly, it's like it's basically it's just like how we communicate now, yeah. and it's like branding is so much more a part of it. Yeah. So I'm really thankful actually that I've worked in marketing because it it has become more of like it has actually merged with that writing skill more now than ever. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I want to jump into some rapid fire questions with you. Okay. And maybe, you know it. what, like I'll have you, I'll just have to have you on another day because we have so much more to talk about. Yes, we do. Oh yeah. We <laughs> might get like an hour. Are we going to get kicked out? Yeah, we might oh, get yeah. kicked out. <laughs> like okay. Cleaning. Maybe they won't know we're in here. We're in <laughs> this like stay here for the whole night. Little bookstore um, or book. Room. I don't know. Book Whatever. Phone booth. Phone booth. So what okay. is your favorite time of the day? Morning, noon or night? Oh my God. I love mornings, but I'm so bad at waking up. But whenever I do, I'm so happy. So yeah, mornings. What but, is your favorite time to, to like look for memes at night or in the morning? Um, to look for memes at night, for at sure. Night. Okay. To do writing or anything in the morning. I am okay. incredibly clear-headed in the morning. Mm, okay. but that I, makes sense. Yeah. Mornings are always like, we're just like straight off of like that, that beautiful dreamland. Yeah. It's just inspired. hard though because I love working out in the morning and then I also like love to write in the morning so it's like I don't have to chew. Yeah. Yeah. One day you'll just not have to. I won't. You You're right. Live life just on your live. own terms. It's you true. Know? Yes. Almost there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so sure. <laughs> what is your favorite snack? Oh shit. Um, oh man I love snacks. <laughs> I'm like a big snacker. Um, hmm. I love a like this is this is like an answer dating back to my childhood, but like Ruffles, uh, cheddar and sour cream, oh my gosh, yes. the lit- probably the best food ever made. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think I could eat that right like now in my life, but like I am aware it's objectively the best food. <laughs> yeah. What is one thing? It could be a product, gadget, or whatever that you cannot live without. Oh, um, my phone. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, yes. um, but also like. A lot of drunk elephant skin stuff. I really love it. I don't yeah, even know what that is. That's it. It's a brand. Oh. It's a good brand. It's like too expensive for me to love it this much. But 
but I do. I gotta look into it. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite self care routine? Um, fitness. Actually, mm-hmm. I really, really, I was gonna say face masks, but um, I do love those. But um, <laughs> I all I really love fitness, and I love like working out really really hard not like yoga but mm-hmm. like i love barry's boot camp that's like my biggest vice um and I've never been heard of oh it's great and it's really hard um but i love i love like feeling so exhausted mm-hmm. and like pushing my limits like that mm. yeah that's good uh if there was one message that you could get out to the world what would it be oh um you don't have to be perfect in order to be an ally and to or to try to be an ally because you're never fully an ally you're always like in pursuit of it um but yeah you you don't have to be perfect and you can mess up and it'll be okay and that's the that's kind of the point yes i love that um everybody who's listening i'm sure wants to follow you and just like wants to catch up on all the things you're doing and wants to follow your personal page i promise (laughs) thank you (laughs) you're very sweet (laughs) yeah yeah please if i get more followers on girl power supply than generous which those are my handles at girl power supply and at generous j-e-n-e-r-o-u-s but I'm going to be counting. So come okay, through. Please go follow Jen. Please yeah, make please. Her feel great. And like, just like comment on everything and tell her how great her yes. feed is. Yeah. And tell me that you came from this podcast. Yes. And please yeah. go do that. <laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> it was like such a sad day. It was like great. Jen, this yeah. was fantastic. There was, was not so, enough time. Oh, it was um, so good to see we you. Have to, we have to catch up more. Yes, I absolutely agree. Thank you for coming on the show. Of course. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Jen is absolutely amazing and hilarious and really committed to her work. So go ahead and follow Girl Power Supply on Instagram and her personal page, Generous with a J, to keep up with what she's up to. I will chat with you all next week. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love, light, and good vibes. I truly hope that you have a great week and a good day whenever it is that you're listening to this episode. And know that I am in Brooklyn sending you really, 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 really intense wishes of abundance and happiness and love and all of the good things that i know you want for your life so yeah just receive that feel it believe it bye